It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Thanks for joining me. I'm coming a little earlier this evening. I got some uh, uh, appointments I have to tend to here in just a little bit, so I thought I'd come live just a little bit earlier and bring you a message from God's Word. Now, it's always going to be recorded anyway, so whether or not you can watch it, what time is it now? 6.17 Central Time, and normally I come on, I advertise 7 p.m., uh, but if you can't watch until 7 p.m., it'll still be here. So you'll just see a recording. It won't be live. But needless to say, I uh, thank you for joining me, and I pray that you'll find the message to be rewarding. If you do like it, please uh, like us on Facebook and YouTube and share it with as many people as you can. Help us to send this message throughout the world. If you have any questions or comments, uh, just leave a comment in the uh, Facebook section under comments and the uh, YouTube section as well. And I will look into those. You might have a suggestion or a question about something I taught, but you may have a suggestion for a sermon. Be more than glad to uh, deal with whatever you want to bring to my attention. Now, if you want to call or text me any uh, otherwise, and maybe you're listening on the radio show, uh, you can do that, 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Again, bear in mind, I'm in the Central Time Zone, and you can call or text. Uh, gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com is the email address, gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. And feel free to uh, to use that. Uh, uh, again, I, uh, I have no problem with how somebody contacts me if they want to contact me for anything it's that's completely up to uh you which one you choose to to use i'm i'm good either way so you know i want to talk about something this is a lesson i like to give and uh it, it answers a question why did they do that why did they do it and there are those in the Bible, when you read their accounts, when you read their stories, you are left sitting there thinking, my, how did, why would they do these things? And the Bible answers why they do this. And of course, a lot of these characters in the Bible have great stories. And if you ever have an opportunity to uh, uh, read about these accounts, you need to do so. Now, they're surmised in Hebrews chapter 11, because Hebrews chapter 11 talks about how they accomplished what they did, and they did this by faith. It also answers for us why they did what they did. And that's what we need to notice, is why did they do it? Because if you're a Christian today and you're struggling to live by faith, you need to focus on the same thing they did, because they had quite a job themselves that they had to do in pleasing God. Just about anyone who's ever served God, the Lord's given them a big task. And that's true for the Christian today. We have a big task. But uh, they going all the way back to uh, 
Adam and Eve. Everyone's had a big task. And so some endured, some did not. We have to ask ourselves, you know, those who endured, why did they do it? And so hopefully this lesson's going to answer that. And that will be able to strengthen you. It strengthened me in preparing this lesson. It's a very basic lesson. This this lesson is nothing that's going to, uh, if you've been a Christian for very long, it's not going to teach you anything. It might remind you, as it did me. And reminders are great. Uh, God's reminders that are contained in the Bible are very powerful things. And and so, I, like I said, I enjoy preparing these lessons. And I, this is one I, I really like preparing. This is one that I really enjoyed uh, studying and looking into and thinking about and considering how it applies in my own life. So let's just jump in. Why did they do it? Well, the first character I want to start with is Noah. He's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And Hebrews chapter 11 is going to be the passage that we're going to spend a lot of time in. So if you're listening uh, at home or wherever you may be, and you you can, uh, and you have access to a Bible, and you, you can sit without uh, disturbing yourself. Some people listen to these as they go walking or driving. I don't want you to do this while you're doing that, but if you're sitting and listening, you know you can you can look up these passages and read these for your, yourself. Now, the account of Noah, and I'm going to bring that picture up because I these pictures I put in these slides I really did like, and that's what I I'm sorry about those who are listening on the radio show because they don't get to see the pictures that I put up on Facebook and YouTube. But th these pictures really help visualize what takes place. And of course, we know the account of Noah. The world had become very, very wicked. And the Lord had looked down and found favor upon Noah and his family. And so he decided he was going to destroy the world. And so whom did he choose to save Noah and his family? And what did they have to do? Well, they had to build an ark. And this was not a small task. I mean, it had to be made specifically uh, to the dimensions and the materials that the Lord had laid out, the gopher wood and things of that nature. And so we read about how Noah sets out to accomplish that. And it, it <laughs> I, I can't even imagine what would take place in building such a structure, but he did accomplish it. The Lord gave him time to finish it and he did finish it. It had to be big enough to contain all the animals that Noah was going to bring on the ark to spare them as well. And so we read about this again in Genesis chapter six and eight, six through eight. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've always been left to wonder because the Lord had told Noah he was going to cause it to rain upon the earth and, uh, and destroy every living creature. Um, that's the first time except for Genesis chapter two, that's the first time the word rain appears in the Bible. Before then, uh, in Genesis two, the Lord put in his scriptures that he did not, as of yet, caused it to rain upon the earth. He watered the, the soil from, from a dew that rose from the ground. 
So I'm, I don't know this. Uh, I, I'm wondering if, you know, this was something, this rain was something that would have been new to the people and, and to Noah. And you can only imagine what would have been going through his mind when, uh, the, when it started raining like this. But needless to say, the uh, ark, through the power of God, it floated. And it saved Noah and his family and those animals. And the Lord remembered Noah. And then he eventually uh, uh, came upon ground. And, of course, the Lord made that covenant with Noah. That's why we have a rainbow. The rainbow is not a gay pride symbol. The rainbow is something that the Lord placed in the sky because it reminds him of what he had told Noah. He was not going to destroy the world by flood anymore. Uh, that, that wasn't going to happen again. But when you think, and that's, that's when we're thinking about our lesson, why did they do this? When you think about Noah and what he went through, you know, you, you're left wondering, why did he do it? I mean, what, what motivated him? to believe in something that he very may well have never seen before. You know, he, he believed God over anything and enough for him to take on such a monumental task. Well, the Bible answers it. And we're going to look at that in uh, he, Hebrews uh, chapter 11 and verse seven. It says by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And by this, he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness that comes by faith. So it was by faith that he did this, and he moved with reverent fear. And again, we're going to see why he feared God and why he was uh, believed enough to perform these acts in just a little bit. But there's other people listed and another one I want to mention is Abraham, and specifically the sacrifice of his son Isaac. Now, I have a son, and I only have one. I have a daughter and a son. And I love my son. I love my daughter. I mean, I, like you love your children. And anybody who's been a parent understands that you, you would gladly give your life for your children. But that's not what Abraham was told to do. Abraham had always wanted his own child with Sarah. That didn't come about. The Lord promised it to them, but they were old. And it came about uh, when Sarah was too old to bear children. And uh, But they had Isaac, and, and so you can only imagine the love that they had for uh, Isaac when they had wanted him all their life. But now the Lord was going to test Abraham. And he tells Abraham in Genesis chapter 22 to build an altar and to uh, sacrifice his son Isaac on that altar to the Lord. And so you can only imagine. I mean, I this is beyond anything that it's, I can comprehend. The thoughts that were going through Abraham's mind as he constructed that altar and thinking he was going to have to kill this child of his that he loved so dearly. I mean, you, there just had to be, there had to be a tremendous amount of pain. 
but he believed God. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 17 through 19, he says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. I want to go back to the picture. So obviously a lot of thoughts were going through his mind, and he was thinking about the promises that uh, uh, the Lord had made Abraham, one being that through his seed all the nations of the earth should be blessed. And well, that would be Isaac. And so as he reasoned, you know, like, why would God tell me to do something like this? He finally decided that he would just raise him from the dead if he had to in order to be able to keep his promise. He did not believe God would not keep his promise, even if it meant he had to raise Isaac from the dead. And so he was determined he was going to perform this act. It's a great, great test of faith but he was determined he was going to obey God and put his faith in him. And that's exactly what you read in Genesis chapter 22. Uh, I would encourage everyone to, to read about Abraham again and the story of, of offering Isaac because it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great story. And, of course, you're, you're, you sit back and you're thinking, you know, why did he do that? You know, what led him? To, to obey like that, because Abraham was told to, you know, he had to leave his, his father's country when he was younger. The Lord told him to leave this land that he was familiar with, his father's country, and he had to go to a land that he didn't know anything about. And uh, But the Lord was telling him to go, and he went. You know, Abraham has always been a man who believed God. And, of course, under this great trial, he still believed God. And uh, he was in the very act, it says, of offering up his son when, uh, when the Lord saw that he was committed, he stopped him. It's, it's, a, it's a great story, and it's one that uh, you know, we can't help but uh, draw strength from. Then there's Moses. Uh, and Moses, you know, he, he wrote uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the first five books known as the Pentateuch. But... Uh, the, the story that I like about Moses, I mean, some of these get into more detail. You can, uh, uh, Deuteronomy is, uh, you know, bears more detail into the stories that we read about in Exodus. But uh, uh, yes, uh, Exodus is, is really where we first read of the story of Moses. And uh, boy, what a character he was. He was the one who saw the burning bush and spoke with God. He was the one who went up on Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments that was written with the finger of God. I mean, it's, it's just all the things that Moses went through in his life and the, and the job that he had, uh, the Lord told him from the burning bush, he was sending him back into Egypt to be leading the Israelites out of bondage. I mean, you can only imagine the job that that's going to entail. Uh, logistics <laughs> would be a nightmare. But uh, Moses, you know, he was going to do that. He was from uh, 
Egypt. If you remember, he was raised in Pharaoh's house. And uh, there was a decree that went out from Pharaoh to kill every two-year-old and under. And, of course, Moses' real mother had put him in a basket, and they cast him out uh, onto the water. And he, Pharaoh's daughter is the one that found him. And so he was raised in Pharaoh's house. But there's a lot there that we don't know that the Bible doesn't reveal. But we do read this in Hebrews 11, 24 through 28. It says, By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So obviously he knew where he was from, and he, he believed in God. Uh he, he would rather be mistreated with them. And it said he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And by faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. And if you remember that story, um, that's when uh, uh, the angel of death came into Egypt, and whoever did not have the blood of the lamb sprinkled on their door as they partook of the Passover, uh, the, then you know the, the firstborn would would die. But uh, Moses obeyed. I mean, he he followed through with that, and so uh, others were you know who didn't were not, but. Needless to say, the story of Moses is, and we read about Moses and and all the things that he went through and leading the people out of Egypt. Um, yes, it was a huge undertaking, and yeah, <laughs> and like I said, anybody who's ever served God was given a big job, and that's what I see in Scripture, and and that's I think it's true for Christians today, which. I'm not going to talk about, but I think Christians have a huge job today as well. But needless to say, the job Moses had or Noah uh, or even Abraham, I mean, they're, they're enough to make you shake your head and think, wow, you know, how'd they do this? You know, why did they do this? That's, that's a good question that we need to be able to answer. And then... Exodus 14, talking about the Israelite people. You know, there was times they exhibited great faith. I saw something today showing the Red Sea. You know, the Red Sea was a lot wider than uh, a lot of people consider. I know a lot of times people think they, the land parted at part of the Red Sea that wasn't very wide, but we don't really know where they crossed at. doesn't matter. God can do whatever he wants. They could have crossed the Atlantic Ocean. As far as God is concerned, or the Pacific Ocean, he, God can do anything. But in Exodus 14, when Moses was leading the people out of Egypt, they uh, Pharaoh decided yeah, he had second thoughts, and he sent his uh, soldiers out to bring them back. And so or they thought they were in trouble. I mean, they, they, they were backed up against the ocean. But the Lord parted the sea. And this is such a lesson for Christians today. The Lord parted the sea, 
and made it easy for them to cross by making sure that the ground was dry. And so the people had to climb into the depths of that water. Uh, they There's water on both sides, but they, they crossed that ocean and you know, that sea. And, and so you know, it took a great amount of faith to be able to do that. Now, eventually, though, uh, the soldiers, they pursued. But the Lord caused the waters to come crashing it down upon the soldiers, and, and of course, they were all wiped out. But the people survived, and when they got on the other side, they sang praises to God, which in, short, in a very short amount of time, they were being disobedient to God. But uh, for that particular day, they were being obedient. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 29 says, By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. Yeah, they weren't doing so in obedience to God. But uh, the people were doing so because the Lord had instructed this through Moses, who was his spokesman, to cross the, the, the sea. And that's what they did. The Lord was with them. And so that's a great story as well. And there's, again, you're asking, you know, why did Moses do what he did? Why, what led him to, to do these things? Why did the Israelites do this? Why did uh, Abraham, why did Noah, why did they do these things? Because what a job it was, right? Well, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, because this is the rewarding part of Hebrews. This is the really, to me, the whole meaning of Hebrews chapter 11. First of all, as far as Abraham goes, and I, I have put Abraham in italics in this verse so you would know who the he was. It says, for he, Abraham, was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. That's why Abraham did what he did. He was looking forward to heaven. He was looking forward to the resurrection where they are with Jesus forever. That's why Abraham did what he did. That's why Abraham undertook what he did. That's why Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac because he believed in the promise of God so much that he was looking for it. Now, he's not the only one. In Hebrews chapter 11, 13 through 16, when it talks about uh, uh, all these people who are listed, there's many more listed in Hebrews 11, and uh, which we're not talking about this evening, but it said, these all died in faith. And he's talking about all those listed in Hebrews 11, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they'd gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, and that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. So all these people that we've been talking about, plus others that are listed in Hebrews 11, they did what they did, no matter how monumental it was. They did what they did because they were seeking a better place. 
Now, what about this world? Do you love this world? Has this world been good to you? Do you think this world is some kind of place you want to fight for? Do you like the politics that you read about or listen to every day? Do you like about the shootings and the uh, drug wars? Do you like about uh, how, well, for instance, people in our country, we can't even understand what sex we are today. We don't even know. Uh, we can't understand uh, who we are to uh, uh, be with, man or female. We can't even understand that. Do you like this world? Because there's a better place. There's a place that the Lord has prepared where none of that stuff's going to take place. And these people believed in it. These people looked for it. I mean, think about Moses. He was in Pharaoh's house. He was raised in Pharaoh's house. And look what it said in verse 26 of Hebrews 11. He, and I added Moses, considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. Why? Because he was looking to the reward. He was thinking about heaven. He wanted to be with Jesus. That was better than the treasures of this earth. And that's why these people were able to accomplish what the Lord gave them to accomplish. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 35 said, women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. See, all these people mentioned in Hebrews 11, and there are those in there that the ones that really that really affect me when it even mentions about those who are sawn asunder, they were literally cut in two. Oh, that just troubles me. Why did they not deny Jesus? Why would they not just forget Christianity and you know save themselves and their family? Why would they be willing to die in such a torturous way? because they believed in heaven. And why did they believe in heaven? Because they believed in God, and they believed in his promises. And so what we have to ask ourselves is, do we believe in the promises of God? Do we believe in God? Do we believe that God would lie to us? In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2, the Hebrew writer says, and this is speaking of all those that are mentioned in Hebrews 11, he says, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That's what we are to do. Look back on these stories of Hebrews 11. Look at these people. Look at the lives that they lived. They're your witnesses. They're saying, be faithful unto death. Be faithful unto death because God is going to be faithful to you. He will bring the promise. He's going to do that. They're your witnesses. And to prove it, God himself came to this earth in the form of Jesus. He was the son of God and he was the son of man. And it says he, when it says looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, notice what it said about Jesus, because he had a big job too. He had to die on the cross. And it says, who for the joy 
that was set before him endured the cross. Wait a minute. The joy that was set before him? Yes, he was thinking about that city. He was thinking about sitting at the right hand of God. He was thinking about the faithful who would be with him forever in that city that God had promised. He was thinking about that. He was thinking about the joy that takes place in heaven. That's what enabled him to endure that night of madness when he was suffered with such anxiety, he sweat his great drops of blood. He was thinking about heaven. He endured the cross, despising the shame. And now he's sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, and he's waiting for the time. The battle is won. He's just waiting to see who's coming with him. But that's why he did what he did. And so the question becomes now is, why are you doing what you do? If you're being obedient to God, fantastic. You're right. You're, you, you're with these people. You're with Jesus. I mean, you're going to, the Lord's going to be faithful. You're going to receive the promise. You just keep doing what you're doing. But if you've not been obedient, then you're going to miss out on the, you're going to miss out on, on the promise because God's going to be faithful. There is a city that is being prepared. Jesus said he went to prepare a place for us. And when he comes again, he's taking his people to that city. Don't you want to be of that number? Boy, I pray that you do. I know that I want to, and I pray that everyone does. All right, that's the lesson for this evening. Like I said, it's a basic lesson, but boy, what a lesson it is. If you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, hey, would you come visit us? We are at 406 North Clark, and we meet at 9.30 Sunday morning for Bible study, 10.30 for worship, and you can learn about the church by going to kearneychurch.com. If you like this lesson, you want to hear more like it, tune to KPGZ 102.7 FM in the Kearney area and uh, every Sunday morning at uh, 7 a.m. Central Time, and you'll hear me preaching from God's Word. Uh, you also you can also download this lesson as well as others by uh, downloading us on Spotify or Google Podcast. Now, Berean Spirits is a, uh, a Bible show, Bible study show that I conduct with two other preachers, and that airs Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Where people who are watching us live as we tape the show, uh, they they take part by making comments in the comment section. You can take part as well, and this is Central Time, by the way, Thursday at 10 a.m. Central Time. Go to carneychurch.com, press on the Facebook, YouTube, or Brian Spirits app, and it will take you there. Uh, but it's also preserved on Facebook and YouTube as, as uh, uh, copied broadcast, and it's also on Spotify as well. All right, that's all I have for you, Lord willing. Uh, I'm always going to shoot for these times, but this Sunday at 6 p.m., will be the time I'll come to you again, Lord willing. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.